me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. Good welcome, morning, welcome everybody. Welcome, everybody. Good morning. It is a bit earlier than we are normally used to seeing each other, Simon, and just broadcasting in general. But we're, we're thrilled to be here. We have a, a special edition of the show today for those of you listening. Uh, for the user that usually check our show out on Thursday nights when we broadcast live on Spreaker, we are broadcasting now here Wednesday morning. Just a, a slight change in our tactics for the week, but we'll be back <laughs> to our normal formation uh, starting next week again. Uh, but remember, you can check us out on Sports Radio America from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Live 365 and tune in as well. And then on demand anytime you want on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and on Spreaker.com as well. And then on social media, we're all over the place, Simon. We are on Facebook at 2UpFront. And then on Twitter, we are uh, at 2UpFrontSoccer, as well as Instagram as well. He is at Simon Provan, and I am at Baxter Colburn. So we are excited to be here today. A lot of fun things to talk about. The transfer season has been coming to a, a crazy climactic end. We're going to be getting into that all later on. And in some cases, anticlimactic. For some teams, yeah. For some teams, it was kind of like, really? This is this is what we did? And uh, well, like I said, we'll get into all of that, David De Gea and all of that crazy, whatever you want to talk about it, the, the miscommunications and whatever else. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Our new power rankings are here. And then we're going to do some reviewing of the crazy weekend that was Major League Soccer's uh, rivalry week, as they called it, Simon. We will be Hopping on that, and uh, who never really knows what else might jump on, uh, you know. But before we get to any of that, we have our hometown spotlight. And uh, this week, we are joined by a familiar name on the show. For many of you, you've heard him on the show before. You've come to know him. You've come to love him, or maybe not, depending on... No, I'm kidding. Everybody <laughs> loves him. It's James Moran of the Milwaukee Barons. We're excited to have him on. James, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How you doing, lads? Fantastic. It's good to have you here. Good, good. I'm happy to be. I'm talking about what's what's happening next. You know. Yes, we're yes. excited to hear yeah. the 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 upcoming events. There is a a, new, a former uh, U.S. men's national team star coming to visit you, and just a, kind of a household name in Wisconsin. Why don't you shed a little light on who that is? Yeah, J.D. Merritt. Um, as you guys would know, anyway, you know he's from Green Bay and um, played in the Premier League. Um, Captain Watford for a number of years, and now they're back in the Premier League. Um, so it's. It is really, really excited. And, you know, obviously a World Cup player in 2010 with the U.S. men's national team. And uh, he's going to be joining me in Milwaukee pretty much um, for the whole day. I've got a whole series of events lined up for him. 
and uh, we're, we're busy planning them right now, but I can kind of give you uh, some info on what some of those are. And the first one, which is really cool, is going to be at Perrin's Pub, uh, you know, surprise, surprise. Uh, it's going to be a fundraiser for a Milwaukee Soccer Development Group and also the Rise and Shine Foundation, which is J.D. Merritt's new non-profit. Um, and what we're doing is about, I think it's 11.30 kickoff, it's uh, Watford versus Arsenal. So he's going to come down, we're going to be doing raffles. Uh, we're also going to have um, do a live auction after that game. I know he's going to be bringing down some personal items, uh, signing boots and soccer boots and all that kind of stuff. Um, and just uh, looking to have a really fun time there with, with that. And it's just nice and, and kind of a, a coincidence that Watford happened to be playing too. Yeah, so. exactly. That kind of nice how that all worked out in that regard. It'll be, it's exciting. I'm, I unfortunately won't be able to make it. I know Simon will be down there. I'll be down there, representing two up front, our, our one up front for that day. Uh, I'll be gone, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a little jealous. You guys get to interact with Jada Merritt. He was always such a class act uh, for, for myself when I was a younger guy growing up. I got to see Jada Merritt playing with the national team, and I even grew up in Green Bay as well. So going to some of the local soccer shops, you would see, you know, old Jada Merritt Watford jerseys and just other Jada Merritt apparel. So I'm, it's, it's cool. <laughs> to see that he's coming back. And on, on top of that, though, what's really great is just his his story. You know, he walked on at, at UW-Green Bay, if I remember correctly, then went over to England, was playing with a pub team, and just kept playing and playing, and they eventually got spotted. And as you said, James, you know, he signed with Watford when they were in the championship. They made it to promotion off of – now, do I have this right? It was it was his goal in the playoff that actually sent them to the Premier League? Yeah, yeah, they, they ended up winning 3-0, but he scored after four minutes off a corner. I think it was an actually young corner, actually, uh, back in 2006 in the playoff final, and that uh, pushed them to you know, a 3-0 victory and then the promised land. Yeah, you know, it's a great story of perseverance, of really chasing after your dreams and, and sacrificing a heck of a lot to achieve them. And there he is, you know, again, playing on a pub team over in England, and next thing you know, four years later... He's playing in a World Cup. Absolutely. And let's be honest, some of those pub teams over in England are pretty darn good players. Well, yeah. Too, so. <laughs> it's kind of like you know the street basketball teams here in, in, in the U.S. That's sometimes. a great point. That's, that's kind of the equivalent, I feel like. And you never know exactly what you're going to find. Well, that's exciting, though, James, that you know, Jay Demerit is coming and you're going to be doing a special event. Is the, you said the event's going to be at Moran's Pub, or where is it located? Yeah, that's right, yeah, in Moran's Pub. Uh, at Moran's Pub, I should say, in South Milwaukee. And it's actually going to be... Um, you know, like I told you guys before, it's my, my parents' pub. We've had it for 20 years. We're going through a rebranding process. Um, we just had a meeting last week, and the the designer of the India 11 um, logo and uniforms came down, and he's actually working with me on the new logo and the rebranding process. So to convert the pub into a soccer pub officially. So this will be the first um, Premier League weekend, we, could, we should say. And that uh, just happens that J.D. Merritt's in town for the fundraiser. So very excited, but that's just the start of it. We've also got over a shooting day that will go on the rest of the day. Wow, that sounds very exciting. Are you gonna? Uh, so there'll be some some local guys around too. You guys gonna you have like the foot pong guys down there at all playing little uh, little foot pong? Yeah, I think um, one of the I think one of the events um, should be, or actually one of the over the raffle prize or maybe the live auction should be. Um, a game of foot pong against J.D. Merritt. I was really gonna. I was gonna ask. Are you gonna do the feature? Do you and you against Jay? That would be a, a good. I think a good, <laughs> um, a good time for the folks. I don't think there's so much of a demand to play against me, but I think people <laughs> would be really interested in playing against Jay. You know, so again, just kind of keeping the whole party atmosphere going, and from there we're gonna head downtown, and uh, we're gonna 
be putting out there soon. Um, and the documents are already on the website, but we're looking to bring people to have a private lunch with Jay uh, that will pl- take place downtown. Then we're going to be heading to Inbounds Training Centre in Glendale, and we're going to have uh, a youth event taking place uh, with Jay uh, present. So we're going to be sending out those details soon. And then the finale really is, like you said, Simon, you'd mentioned the movie. Um, we're going to be showing eight three-minute segments of the film, talking about those challenges, those obstacles that he overcame and what he persevered through to get to the Premier League, you know, eating beans out of a can in some attic in London with a, his old roommate from Chicago, you know. I mean, just the, the stories that uh, he, he's got from the uh, that journey. And then... Um, It'd be an interactive display, an interactive show, I should say. And um, we'll just be yeah, taking the questions from the audience. And uh, it's just going to be a really, really fun event. And, and Jake Merritt's first event like this of any kind, really, in Milwaukee. That, that, that is fantastic. And I'll tell you what, James, the one question I'm going to ask him is, are his roommates still in that attic eating cold beans? <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully, hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that would be kind of sad if they were. Right. <laughs> I think you'll get a kick out of that question, though. I think you'll give it, you'll get a good laugh out of it. So that happens October seventeenth down at Moran's Pub in South Milwaukee. But before then, James, uh, we were talking about the Milwaukee Soccer Development Group. We talked about Jay Demerit's charity, but we're going to switch gears now and and talk about another group that you are heavily involved with, the Milwaukee Barons. You guys have an event coming up tomorrow in conjunction with the Marquette University UWM game. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, Tomorrow we're going to have a gathering down at the uh, gosh, I'm telling you, the west side of the stadium in the parking lot. Uh, there's, there's some land there, some grass, and we're going to be down there, uh, just you know, chatting to people, um, talking about what you know the progress the Barons have made so far, answering questions, uh, talking about upcoming events that we're, we're going to be working on with you guys, uh, these viewing parties that we've discussed, and uh, just yeah, letting people know what's coming up. And then go into the stadium to watch two local D1 teams play in Milwaukee, you know, which is going to be a great event itself. So, uh, yeah, we're excited about that. Where should, uh, I know you said the southeast parking lot, is there a time that people should be heading down there? Um, yeah, we're going to get down there about 5.30, you know, obviously people getting out of work and traffic. It is a 7 o'clock kickoff. So, you know, we're going to take some foot pong down there and just, you know, make a speed gun for some kids to play and uh just have a chat really with people coming down who might have questions. We'll have the Barons gear down there, and uh, we just hope to see a, you know a lot of scarves and shirts in the you know in attendance, and um, just really kind of get behind the, the local athletes that are going to be playing. Which is great to see. I mean, it's good to see that the development of soccer at the collegiate level continues to grow in the Milwaukee area as well. Because I think when people think of the city, Milwaukee. Uh, or even just kind of Wisconsin as a whole, soccer is usually not the first sport that comes to mind. What well, so. is interesting because you know we have four D one programs. You've we got do. UW Green Bay, you've got Madison, yep. Milwaukee, Marquette. Um, then you've got mm-hmm. Division two school in UW Parkside, and we've got tons of Division tons three of schools division here. Yep, and uh, quite good as well. And Oshkosh for a number of years was yes. was was kicking butt in Division three, and Whitewater seemed to take over that mantle for quite a while. Um, but yeah, Division One, two teams in Milwaukee tomorrow night, September 3rd. Mm-hmm. It's called the Milwaukee Cup, and James Barron, or James Barron, James Moran <laughs> and the Milwaukee Barons will be there. Um, any other details you want to share with us, James? Before I always wonder where the Barons go? got their name. I, I, felt, I felt like Moran wasn't well, his real last name. So the, one, the, the last thing is, you're not the first person to say that. There was, there was an interview on, I think it was maybe 
many WTMJ, and then somebody did say the same thing. James Barron. Oh, wait a minute. You know, so it's uh, it's happened before. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe you should uh, you know petition for an official name change. Yeah, exactly. I would have to. That would be interesting. Yeah. The, the James Barons or something of that nature. Sure. That's a good point. That's a good point. Absolutely. It'd make it easier for everybody. It would. It really would. Well, James, we appreciate you taking the time today, sir. Uh, we uh, look forward to uh, speaking with you. And uh, we will be uh, chatting with you again. Brilliant. Thanks a lot, lads. Not, a, pro- not a problem. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we've got a kind, all kinds of crazy fun things to talk about in the transfer world as the British soccer, as the Premier League, pretty much almost broke this last weekend with everything going on with Davidea. Manchester United's continued drama. Chelsea signed a few players. Sunderland making some moves. And for U.S. soccer fans, you know that DeAndre Yedlin is now on the move as well. So we'll be talking about that and so much more. This is Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. Another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Welcome back inside the studio as we are broadcasting to you here on Sports Radio America, as we do every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on SportsRadioAmerica.com, live 365, and tune in. Remember, you can catch us also on demand on iHeartRadio, on iTunes, and on Spreaker.com as well. And then social media, we're all over the place. On Facebook, we are Two Up Front. Twitter, 2UpFrontSoccer, and Instagram, 2UpFrontSoccer as well. So you can follow Simon at Simon Provan, and I am at Baxter Colburn as well. So uh, we decided to do something a little bit different this week. Obviously, it is time for our 50-50 segment, uh, which, as you know, means that uh, Simon and I take on a hot topic in the soccer world and take two different sides of it. Usually, we've talked about Jill Ellis. We've talked about all different kinds of things on our 50-50 segment, but as Simon and I were preparing for the show today and preparing for our 50-50 segment, we realized that when we both got to the, the ball that we decided to shake hands and say, let's, we actually both agree with this instead of fighting over the topic. So the topic that we wanted to discuss today was uh, over the weekend in Major League Soccer. It was rivalry week, as most of you know. And it was a fun week, I must it say. Was. It was. It did not disappoint. Games. It did not disappoint at that, all. That goal by Bradley Wright Phillips Oof. in the D.C. United game, that, that to me is a goal of the year candidate. Yes. Easy. No, I completely agree. It's it, up for goal of the week right now, but, you know, goal of the week candidates usually get If you If higher. you haven't seen it, 
He takes the ball out of the air, so full volley, slams it into the upper corner against D.C. United. Uh, that just know. makes you feel good. If there was nothing Bill Hamid could do about it. No, you know? no, absolutely not. So so this past weekend uh, was a big battle in Cascadia. So Simon's Portland Timbers uh, took on one of our good friends, Chris Blakely and Matt Evans' Seattle Sounders. It didn't go in favor of Simon, unfortunately, uh, as the Sounders prevailed 2-1. to one. But there was a controversial call uh in the game that involved a penalty kick. where uh, There sure a, was. <laughs> there was a penalty kick that it, uh, took place, ended up being Seattle's second goal as Brad Evans scored the penalty kick goal. And the controversy right now is whether or not it actually was a penalty kick because you can look at it from a lot of different angles, and Simon and I are both going to kind of hash it out. We're each going to use our 45 seconds to talk about the points, but neither of us are denying the fact that it was not a penalty. Or that, that it was a penalty. That it was a penalty, yes. right. Uh, we, yeah, we don't think it was. And... Um, we haven't talked about why we feel that way. So this is actually the first time Baxter and I. Now, Chris Blakely and I had been tweeting back and forth to each other discussing it. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to touch a little bit, up, little bit up, uh, up upon that. It's early. I'm still uh, – I can't English really good you're, right now. <laughs> you're <laughs> so, understanding how I feel. I, yeah, we'll see how this 45 seconds goes. I like some, like, face or right, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, who's going first? I'll go first okay. this week. Sounds good. All right. Ready and begin. So I don't think it was a penalty, and I'm not saying that just because I am a Timbers fan, as you all <laughs> know. Uh, but one of the things that was pointed out that S- Ziggy Schmidt had said and Chris had shared with me is that he said, you know, if this happens in the midfield, that's the old obstruction call. Midfielder steps in there and uh, takes a guy out. My argument is that's apples to oranges. Goalkeepers are allowed other things that mm-hmm. other position players are. For example, you catch the ball, you bring your knee up as a goalkeeper to protect yourself. You hit a guy in the head, you're not going to get called for that. Corsi was coming out for the ball. He was going in the direction of the player who had the ball. And as he got close, uh, Obafemi Martins passed the ball off. There was nothing Corsi could do. He gets to hold his ground as a goalkeeper, and that's what he did. Exactly. All right, 45 for me. I'm just going to kind of continue. Go right uh, Well, it. I also agree in terms of the fact that it was not a penalty kick. Uh, the reason for it is after watching the replay several times, you look at it, like you said, Corsi, he came off his line. He is ball watching the entire time. He's watching the ball, and just as he gets to Martins, Martins makes that slightly little touch that ends up causing the foul. Corsi was not expecting that touch. He came out, he's like, oh, I'm going to be able to get the ball. Martins is going to stop because that's 99% of the time what you do as the ball is right in front of the goalie as a forward. As someone that I played the forward game, you learn to stop because that's a card. If you take out the goalie, that's a definite card. And Obafemi Martins' speed obviously was a little bit better than I thought. Than I think everybody thought it was. He was able to make the touch. But at the end of the day, it's not a penalty kick. The keeper was coming off his line, watching for the ball. Shouldn't have been a penalty. And done. You know, Baxter, that's the thing is uh, there was nothing malicious about what Corsi was doing. He came out out for the ball, and Martins is coming at him. Mm -hmm. Martins, as you said, you know, he flicks that ball off to the side. Corsi, if if I'm watching his eyes correctly, he keeps looking at that ball. Yes, the entire time. And Martins slams into him. Actually, I don't think it was a call on Martins either, to be honest with you. I think it was just... Two players going at the ball. Yes. Uh, the goalkeeper got beat, and it's not like he stood there. I know his hands were up, but that's because he was expecting that chip yeah, to happen. Exactly. That's why his hands are up. Um, so, uh, overall, what I will say is the Timbers lost that game, and this, this actually isn't critical. It's going to sound critical of Seattle, but it's really not. The Timbers lost that game because of the Portland Timbers. They didn't lose the game because of the ref. 
the ref was making bad calls. Yes, on and that both was an sides. argument that I've seen through different articles too. Is that the refing was poor? Well, yes, but when you have as many opportunities as Portland had to finish, there were several breakaways. There were several. Great looks at the goal. Credit Stefan Fry. You have to. He sure, played, he sure. played hands down fantastic. But nine times out of ten, you get that many chances to shoot on goal. You should make more than one goal. I can't remember the last time a team had dominated so much in a game and ended up losing. Mm. And again, yes, there was a bad penalty call. But that is not the reason the Portland Timbers lost. Yes, Stefan Fry was was phenomenal. He did. At the yeah. same time, there were quite a few shots that were right at him mm. that could have been Anywhere else in that eight-foot area. <laughs> exactly. No, I completely agree. There was a few different times where, oh, I can't think of the player now, but there was a breakaway that happened early in the first half, and the forward, instead of picking a corner, picked Stefan Fry. Like, he kicked right. it straight at him. I'm like, come on, you've got the entire goal to shoot at. And as someone that's played forward, I get it. You know, in the moment, you're not thinking. You're just sure. like, I just want to kick it. Oh, I'm going to score. But not necessarily. And that's what happened. And, and Stefan Fry had just some terrific point-blank saves we saw off a corner kick one time. He he definitely was the reason that Seattle won that game. And give credit to Obafemi Martins on their first goal. I mean, he oh, just yes. stayed with it and That's stayed with it. To to People are making after. claims that he was pushing or you know tripping it, there guys. There were fouls I didn't on both it. sides. Right. There were right. fouls on both sides. It, I think it was a good no call, and the ref played the advantage, and then Martins just followed through. I do think the just result would have been a draw a one, because one draw. because of how well Fried played yes. um and because of how well the Timbers played a 1-1 draw would have been more just but you know what it's soccer exactly. that's what happens exactly you never know officially what you're going to get kind of like when it comes to transfer season as well uh we'll talk about the EPL transfers uh, a little bit later um but we want to talk about a former Seattle Sounder and an American that has drawn a lot of attention uh based off of what he did in Major League Soccer but also how he stepped into the role uh, of a, an outside back or a winger during the World Cup as well, and that is DeAndre Yedlin. For those of you that have been following the Yedlin saga, he played for the Sounders. He was sold to the Tottenham Hotspurs. He was loaned back to the Sounders last year, finished out the year, went to Tottenham again. He's only appeared in two games for the Spurs, and now he's found himself uh, loaned out to Sunderland now. Bad taste in your mouth, right, with the whole Josie Elthorpe yes, thing. Yes, that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, great, he's going to have a horrible career the rest now. That's but the, perfect. And the then he'll old, come and play for Toronto and make millions of dollars. The older <laughs> one, the older guys like myself remember when Claudio Reyna was with mm, Sunderland, though. They, yep. were, they were struggling then, but, uh, but he did quite well. He played a lot over there. Of course, new manager uh, since last year, we got did, uh, Dick Advocate. Um, you know, he had... He had actually coached Claudio Reyna when he played with the uh, Rangers over in Scotland. Oh, okay. So there's actually double connections there for Claudio Reyna. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not very concerned about this. And here's okay. why. Josie Altstor was a striker. Yeah. He wasn't used properly, first of all. That's very true. Second of all, uh Sunderland had enough strikers the way it was. Which is why Altador was sitting there on the bench quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yedlin, I think, is a, in a different place. He's a defender. Maybe he will even be used as a midfielder. But from what I understand about Dick Advocate is that he loves defenders that can make those runs up the field. Which is DeAndre Yedlin. That defines Yedlin's game. Yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. He's, I think he plays defense more because his touch just isn't good enough yet to make him an outside attacker. I, that's my my bid on and it, and that's that's where some of the um, what do you want to call it uh, consternation comes from. Is that you're right? He he doesn't have that touch yet to be a deft midfielder. Yes. Yet he's prone to make mistakes 
mm. when he's in the back. Yes. He's very fast, and that makes up for a lot of those mistakes. I think that's why people look over it sometimes. Also. Well, and this is why I'm actually hopeful for him, because he wasn't getting any time at Spurs. No, two appearances. Um, you, you almost wonder, did the Spurs sign him just to say, hey, we've got an American, because they're one of those teams that are trying to make their presence known I here in the U.S.? I think that was the thought about it, yeah, especially now with their partnership with the NFL as well, with the right. new stadium. Right, so... So you wonder if that's the reason the Spurs actually brought him over. I'd like to think that they actually do see quite a lot of potential. But this move makes sense. I'd like to see him with a better team. Yeah. At the same time, if, if he goes into this thinking about this is this is to better me, which I'm sure he is. Well, he's a good guy. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He does. It's unfortunate because the, the Black Cats, as they're called, are last in the table right now. But you played four games. I mean, Crystal Palace is in second place. Leicester City's in third, for gosh sakes. I mean, come on. Nobody. Well, the Premier League table is far from set right now. Yeah, you know, I, I did pick pick Sunderland though to to drop this year, and I will I will hold to that. The big hopeful thing here is that Yidlin's twenty two. He's a young guy. Yeah, you know, he's got a lot of time to develop. It's and it's going to be great to have another American on the field in the EPL. You got Jeff Cameron, and that's which is that's huge. pretty much it. And people really enjoy Cameron as well. They that's do. The weird part about it. not necessarily weird, but for an American, he was kind of like that Clint Dempsey, like when he played for Fulham. Like people really like right. Jeff Cameron at start. Right. Yeah, you know, it's what it's what's very interesting is all these American players in the championship over in England. Yeah. Uh Jonathan Spector getting called up to the US men's national team. Yep. And I think it's great. You know, Klinsman's talking about he wants players to be playing. Spector's playing ninety minutes over almost every week. That's so. what you want. If you're Klinsman and that's what you're saying you want, well that's what you're getting. Right. It's nice to see him follow through on something exactly. that he's saying. Oh wait, what? <laughs> is that how that works? Well, uh, uh, well you know, depends kind on of. the player Jermaine Jones that gets called up again. Immediately coming back from injury. I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> he has a, he, yeah, Revolution need him. Sorry, he, so Baxter, are you okay with this move for Yedlin um, overall? Or are you still more concerned than anything? I've, I'm concerned because I don't want Yedlin to fizzle out. I think I want him to go to a place where he's going to get playing time. Yes, if that meant him even being transferred to like a championship side, that's not horrible. I think Yedlin needs to can just continue to play. Like you said, he's 22. He's got so much life left in him. His soccer career could go for another 10 years if he stays as fit as he is right now. So as long as he's on a club where he's going to get adequate minutes but also some good training, I think that'll be fine. If Sunderland is that place, the right-back situation right now is not ideal. So he does have an opportunity to step in and maybe take over that role. He won't play this coming weekend because they play Tottenham this weekend, coincidentally enough. So nine times out of ten, uh, the EPL does not allow right. parent teams to play their loanees. Which I think is ridiculous. I, <laughs> yeah, I just think it's absolutely... If you're loaning out the player, to me it's like... You've said good riddance to them, at least exactly. for this time being. So. so why can't he play? Right. So he'll more than likely make his debut next weekend on the 19th. Uh, not on 19th, I'm sorry. Later on, uh, the 19th is the next time, or is the next game. Uh, so, Well, he'll probably make we'll his see. debut then. You know, he got called up to the U.S. team, so they've got, yes. they've got their games against Peru and Brazil. Which are going to be fun. Yes. Very, very yes, fun. Yes, they will be. So, uh, well, another player I'd like to talk about Please. with the whole transfer saga is one that we thought was going to be transferred <sighs> and ended up not being yeah. transferred. So you know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely. That would be the uh, Manchester United, Real Madrid. Nope, not just kidding. Manchester <laughs> United goalkeeper, David Dea. Yeah, it's uh, – well, we have our theory on why this actually played out the well, way it, it did. There's a few different things that have happened because of it, and – uh, it's it's interesting because BBC Sport. Uh, well, I, I was I wrote about this yesterday for HNGN.com because that was a big talking point. But um, there was 
in my research, uh, BBC Sports came out uh, with an article and kind of just laid it all out and said, look, this is what happened. This is what, because both teams released official statements saying, hey, look, this is what the process that we did. No, oh, this is right. what we said. <laughs> statements that just blamed each other. But, and that's exactly <laughs> what it came down to is neither side said, oh, it was our fault. It was we did everything in our part. It was the other team that messed it up, which take it for whatever it's worth, I guess. I mean, you can, you can, you know, blame either side, honestly, but it's, just ridiculous. Well, Baxter, here here is what we talked a little bit about beforehand, and it, it hit me on the way in. Yes. Manchester United, who I was idiotic to pick to win the Premier League at this point. It's still early. <laughs> um, they have not been doing well, have they? No. Uh, including including uh, Romero as their goalkeeper. Yeah, they are so, the Argentine national goalkeeper. And you know I love conspiracy theories. Everybody loves he, conspiracy theories. Here's what I theory. think. Here's what I think is Van Hall had not been playing De Gea, saying that his mind wasn't with Manchester United, it was with well, because Real he Madrid. thought he was getting transferred. That's sure, why. Sure, sure. So now we start the season. Even though United's had a few wins, they have not looked good. And yeah, definitely, no, you know, horrible. then they lose to Swansea 2-1. to one. Romero's given up goals that he shouldn't be giving up. No. Nope. So how do you solve that problem? Van Hall saying he's not playing De Gea because his mind's not there. Well, oh, the transfer doesn't go through, so I mm. guess we'll start playing you now. Oh. I, to me, it's just a matter of convenience of how it didn't go through. And I now think they that's have, really what it is. They have an excuse now to put De Gea in the goal. Now is, you were De Gea, sharing, is De Gea going to actually want to play, though? Because he was all set. He thought he was going back to his home country. He, you know, he started with Atletico Madrid, and then he transferred two years ago. But he had expressed interest of wanting to go back to Spain to play for Real Madrid. I mean, if you grow up in Spain, it's that's your dream. It's either Barcelona or Real Madrid that you nine times sure. want to play for as a young kid growing I, up. I think the answer to that question is it's twofold. He probably does not want to play for United, but he wants to play. Yes. So, yes, he's going to play. Not, then why not play for United then, I guess, you know, now at this point where it's one of those things where you suck it up and be like, well, exactly. Okay, I guess that's what we're going to do. But from what we've heard and what I saw this morning from from Marca, the the Spanish uh, newspaper, their country newspaper, is that they are planning to work out a deal. Madrid and uh, Manchester United are planning to work out a deal so that way De Gea can join Real Madrid on a free transfer in the January transfer window. Uh, I know you told me about that. I just don't know if I necessarily believe that. What is what does that do for United? Well, United. It depends on if the Keylor Navas deal goes through or not, or if they are content with Romero, or if they try to find another goalkeeper. Right. Time. Romero's not a bad goalie. I mean, it's the beginning of the season, and I get I, it. You need to make good plays right out of the gate, but they're only four games in. Only four games in. I, what I'm saying is going back to our discussion, though, about the free transfer in January. We're talking about a huge amount of money mm-hmm. that United was was going to let go or was going to take in. Yeah, they were going to get... Plus get another player. They were going to get $46 million for him. Right. So I just... I don't see why all of a sudden you go, well, we were hoping to get, you know, maybe <laughs> a they huge feel, Maybe they money. feel guilty. Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe they do just want to get rid of him. Uh, that's, that's Maybe the they've hard... had a conversation where he said, you know what, I, I'm i not part, you have me on the roster, I'm not part of this club. And that's the hard part, I, and that's what I'm wondering is with Louis van Gaal, we've heard that he's kind of a no-nonsense coach, like he's he will be very straightforward uh, with his players, and um, when, I'm going to butcher his last name, but when Adnan, um, is it Janazib or Yanazib? Or... Your guess is as good okay. as mine. Uh, when he was loaned to Borussia Dortmund, which was a big deal, a lot of people were surprised, and like, well, why is, why is he going to Dortmund? They man, United need attackers. Uh, Van Gaal was asked about that, and they said, "Why did why did you transfer him?" And they're like, "You haven't given him enough chances." He's, and then he like listed off all of his stats since he's been there. He's like, "He's been here for these many games. He's appeared in this many games, 
and he's only produced this much. I, the numbers escaped me, but it was it was enough times where his only two goals that he's scored make you sit there and go, okay, I get I get why sure. he did it. You know, it's only a loan deal, but the talk with Dortmund right now is that they want to sign him on a full deal after the loan is done at the end of the season. Whether or not that happens, we'll see. If United are desperate for attackers, they might bring him back. But if, you know, Janazib or however the heck you say it, we'll call him Adnan because I know his first name. <laughs> there you go. If he does really well like we think he might, then why not? Bring him, you know, keep him in Dortmund and let them continue to rebuild. Uh, but another team that surprised me is Wolfsburg with all the players they've been bringing in. They brought in Julian Drexler. Uh, they sold Kevin De Bruyne, which I think was a mistake, but that's irrelevant, I guess, because Chelsea buys everybody nowadays. Right. That's a good pickup by Chelsea, though. It's I huge. Mean, De Bruyne is absolutely huge. He's he's a fan. Well, and Chelsea needs players, though. I mean, they're, they do. Granted, they need more defensive players than anything. Yes. Especially as you with see, John Stone sitting, he's not him staying at Everton, right? Which I'm sure you're right. thrilled about. Yeah, and he actually put out. I don't know if you saw the statement that Stone's put out. Saying, I did not. I, no. He said, "I didn't mean to put in a transfer request. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to put in." Sorry it's, to be laughing so much on air, but that cracked me up. But I seriously, read that. though, like you have to fill out the paperwork <laughs> right. and hand it in, right? How do you not mean to do that? You can maybe not mean to not hand something in. Yeah, like, oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot. Like, no, he, he handed it in. I don't, maybe he thought he was filling out something for uh, an application for a credit card. and That said transfer <laughs> request? I'd like to transfer right, he, what? Yeah, balance transfer. You know with yeah, credit cards? And, exactly. I'd like yeah. to transfer from the Bank of Everton to the Bank of Chelsea. Right. Yes. So that that cracked me up, but yes, I'm I'm glad Stones is saying Everton need him, and I, I give credit to Everton. They've mm. they've been a club that usually, if they're looking at that much money, they're going to sell the player and then try to buy others. But Martinez knows he needs a strong defender, and they're like he does. like like uh, Everton's Stones pushing this year, they're and we saw to... it. Yeah, they had a zero zero draw with with Hotspur, which you know isn't the greatest result, but it was in Tottenham, which is big. Or, or their stadium, so in London. But, uh, yeah, you know, it keeps Everton in the top half of the table, at least, mm. which is great to see. But what a crazy weekend. It was. With the big teams, right? It was. We, we talked about Manchester United going down. Uh, West Ham beats Liverpool in Liverpool for the first time since the 63-0. Crystal Palace beating Chelsea 2-1. That was huge. So, big win then for Arsenal. It doesn't look like it would be wi- a big win if you're talking beating Newcastle. But, but it's right now. Right now, and that's huge. As a semi-kind of sort of Arsenal fan, that's huge. And their third goal on the year. Only their third that's goal sad. for Arsenal. Meanwhile, they didn't do a single thing this during transfer season. But Not at all. That's irrelevant. That's Manchester what... City did beat Watford. Sorry, Jay Demerit. 2-0. Yeah, and then so Villa and Sunderland tied 2-2. Right. West Brom got a 1-0 over Stoke. And AFC of Bournemouth and Leicester City tied 1-1 as well. So... So that's where we sit, weekend. Manchester City sitting on top of the league right yes, now. Yes, indeed, with Crystal Palace in so second. I, I was one word off so far. On who Manchester City, <laughs> and I, you slurred it together. That's, there you go. There it you happened. Go. All right, we're going to a break. We'll have so much more to get to when we come back. This is Two Up Front.
Welcome back to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Welcome back inside the studio as we do everything here on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern right here on Sports Radio America. Thank you to all of you that continue to tune in and listen. We appreciate it. Uh, In our first segment, we had James Moran on talking about the local uh, Milwaukee Barons here in the greater Milwaukee area. For those of you that uh, are from the general Milwaukee, Chicagoland vicinity, you may have heard about the movement to bring professional soccer to the Milwaukee area, thanks to James Moran. So he was talking about it in a recent update in terms of Jay Demerit, a former U.S. men's national team star, a Wisconsin native, uh, coming to a Barons event on October 17th at Moran's Pub. So you can go check out uh, the Milwaukee Barons Facebook page uh, or Milwaukee Soccer Development Group as well on their website. Moving into the world of Major League Soccer, which has been rather busy, not just on the field, but also off the field, Simon. Some interesting news from a few different teams yeah, this last week. Yeah, you know, uh, Frank Lopez sacked by Montreal. Yeah, first of the year. First of the year. It's, it's interesting that he took them all the way to the Champions League final, but even when he was doing that last season, in league play, the team was doing terrible. Uh, they were doing terrible this year, and mm-hmm. I think Montreal finally made the right move. They have one of their assistants taken over as their interim manager. But perhaps the biggest news, Baxter, unfortunately it couldn't come all the way to fruition. Yes. But Italy calls up Sebastian Giovinco. Mm. That's a huge deal because he actually wasn't being considered by the Italian team when he was playing over in Syria because of how poorly he was playing over there. Yes. You know, and, and the Atomic Ant, as he's known up there, mm-hmm. did come out and say recently that he feels like he's been playing the a lot better in MLS than oh, he's yeah. ever played in his career. And finally got recognized, and Italy called him up. But a few hours later, he ends up with an injury in that game where they beat Montreal 2-1, to which also was the yes. last game that Frank Klopas coached. Uh, so he's not actually going to be able to play over in their Euro qualifiers, which is a huge disappointment because what a great advertisement that would have been for MLS. Yeah, they would have probably been mentioning during the broadcast, you know, he plays for Toronto, Toronto FC. However, there still will be one man from MLS that will be Rapin Yazuri, that is Andrea Pirlo of New York City. But Pirlo, I think he could be playing for, you know, the fourth division in England, and they'd still call him. Yeah, up, so not as, not as it, it doesn't big associate, of a deal. Because let's be honest, Pirlo has had moments of brilliance this season, but nothing too crazy. He right. hasn't done Giovinco things. And as much as, uh, you know, we love our league, it's not even one that I can say, well, he's getting called up as bouncing off your point. He's not getting called up because of his playing Major yes. League Soccer. He's just uh, that name. And that's what made it so exciting about Sebastian Giovinco. Mm-hmm. He was getting called up because of how he was playing in exactly. MLS. So, you know, we'll still see MLS mentioned over there in Europe during the Euro qualifiers. Uh, but also down south, mm-hmm. we've got Fabian Castillo, who also got called up by the senior Colombian national Which team. Which is huge. And he celebrated his call up with a, with a goal in their 2-0 win over RSL uh, a few days ago. Um, so we've got South America is going to be hearing more about MLS. Of course, I think many South Americans do know, at least Argentines know about MLS because of the amount There's of so Argentinian many. players we so have up here. So many, it's crazy. But yeah, two big call-ups to two big national teams. You know, this is Give credit to all those guys who get called up for those smaller countries, like A.J. Dalagarza getting called up by Guam. You know? Oh, wow. Great. That's you know? great, yeah. Um, Good for he him. also got injured, so he probably won't be able to play. Why did he qualify but, for Guam? I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just it's, it's one of those things where I, I, I hear like some of the teams that these guys like have the opportunity to play for and like where their citizenship is and sure. then, like where they actually choose to play for. I'm like hmm, Well I think why? you know, he was he's probably looking at the 
because I think he could have played for the U.S. national that's, team. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. I'm like, we could have used him. Perhaps he's being realistic. He sees who Klinsman's been calling up, and he says, you know what? I'm never going to have this opportunity. I've got, I've got another national team calling me. I want to play international football, and, there you and go. they go to that team. Why not? Go to Guam, I guess. I guess I didn't realize he was... What, I don't even know what's the how do you I'm gonna I'm gonna guess it's Guamanese. Perhaps? I was gonna say is it Guamanese or yeah, I don't even know how Guama Guacamole Guaman oh, that was terrible that was terrible I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> words come out of my mouth That's and sometimes great. like no come the back Guacamole here. national team That's perfect I want but, I want that jersey But the point is is that two rather well known big time national teams are now looking at MLS yes. and I, I think. Knowing that they're doing that, the Colombian national team, I- I'm still shocked that Obafemi Martins wasn't called up by Nigeria for Why the World Cup. Why would he Cup. not be like, come on? You know, so perhaps perhaps other big national programs now will be looking at MLS and taking it more seriously because you have Italy and Colombia calling up players. Exactly. And there was a time, I think it was the last tran- the, the last call-up session, I think there were 54. Four players from Major League Soccer that got called up to respective teams, and some of that was Concacaf. Yeah, it, Gold it, Cup it, it, action. It, it usually is, and I'm okay with that. Oh you yeah, know, being they're 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 competing players. with yeah they're competing with Mexico to be the best league in North America. I, I still think it's going to be a number of years before they. I mean, you got to win a Champions League before you can even start having that discussion. Exactly. But but that's what they're shooting for, and you start by signing. Good players in your own region. Mm-hmm. No, I um, completely agree with you on that one. Uh, just looking around to congratulations going out to Bradley Wright Phillips of the New York Red Bulls as he has uh, been named the MLS Player of the Week after his two-goal, one-assist performance in their 3-0 thrashing of D.C. United. And yes, they lost a few days before that to the Chicago Fire and Bradley Wright Phillips didn't produce at all. But when you were able to go out and do a two-goal, two one-assist performance against your bitterest rival... Good for him. So congratulations to him for that. Yeah, and as we talked about with that fire game, it's not like New York played bad. They were no. they were in that game the whole way. But uh, they were in Chicago. Chicago just played an amazing game. But Red Bulls showed that uh, I had talked about, I think it was a blip on the radar. I it think we really both is. talked about yep. that. And it's not going to affect them going no, forward, honestly. They, they come home and just they beat the Eastern Conference leaders. Good. The lead's and, down to two points now. Yes, and New York, I believe, has three games in hand to DC United, so they're on pace to Good. they're on pace to both win the East, but also win the Supporter Shield at this point. Yeah, that's very true. That's so we very shall true. see what happens. So looking around at the uh, the just the general call ups uh, from players around uh, Major League Soccer, a notable one is Kaká from Orlando City. He will be going to play uh, in Brazil's game as they take on Costa Rica. So congratulations to him. Another one. Of course, you know Robbie Keane's going to be called up by Ireland. I think oh, he'll be absolutely. called up until he retires. But Kevin Doyle from the Rapids also called Good up for him. by Good Ireland. For him. I haven't heard much about him, honestly, since he's been here. Uh, Kevin Doyle. That's just one name I haven't heard much he's, about. He's one of those guys that's he hasn't been scoring a lot of goals, but... He's he's been worth his money over there in Colorado. Okay, he's that's leading good. this team. Um, you know this winning streak that they're on right now. He is a big reason for that. I believe he only has four or five goals this season, but he he's been quiet. Yeah, he's been quiet, but but still playing well, and he's been scoring the goals when they need those goals. Which is what you want from your players. We also have uh, David Akam uh, called up by Ghana and Harrison Hafal. I'm not sure. I actually have not heard of this player. He plays for Columbus Crew. That was a full of your pronunciation. <laughs> Sorry. <that laughs> Thank was, you very we're just, much. We're on that roll today, so I thought I'd keep it going. Uh, Namath 
uh, with Sporting Kansas City, who we're big fans of. Oh, yeah. Uh, did get called it. up by Hungary for their qualifiers against Romania and Northern Ireland. Jamaica continues to, to bring in good players. I mean, I kind of forget some of the times how many good players there are mm-hmm. from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. You've got Darren Maddox, uh, Gene Vaughn Watson, and Giles Barnes as well. And then... Um, not a full senior team call-up, but Eric Kubo-Torres getting called up for Mexico's U-22s as they take on Panama. It's interesting, actually, talking about Mexico. I don't know if it's uh, the senior national team just wanting to put their noses to up to MLS, but Dos Santos wasn't included in the original roster. My mind. A couple of players go down to Mexico. Everybody's expecting Dos Santos to get called up because he's been playing very well he with has. L.A., and he's they still form. don't call him up. He's in form. Why would you not bring him in? Why wouldn't you? I mean, you had him playing in the Gold Cup. Exactly, and he did great. Yep. We got to watch him. He looked just fine to me. Kai Kamara getting called up by rightfully Sierra Leone. So. Rightfully so. Absolutely. He's, man, just on fire. I love watching Kai Kamara play. Now, two, uh, uh, several notable lists. So, U.S. national team players called up against Peru and B- Brazil. Josie Altidore, Matt Beasler. Don't really care too much about a lot of these players. I, but I'm happy to see Beasler back in the yes. national team. Beasler, I'm happy to see back. Uh, Sean Johnson, good for him. He'll only be there for the Brazil game. Jermaine Jones shouldn't be called up. Jassy's artist, rightfully so. What I do find interesting, though, is the rosters for the U.S. 23s and the U.S. 20s. But before we before get there, we I jump know you have there, something else. Uh, Mixed Discarude, I was actually surprised no. by this call. No way. No <laughs> his, his, way. Well, here's the thing. His club form has been terrible. Yeah. But his national team form has been okay. So, so what's... <laughs> but this goes back to our whole thing with Jurgen Klinsmann's mind. What? Yeah. what He's he, playing great for country, so I'm sure he's fine. Right. It, but okay. then Klinsman will come out and say, if you want to be called up, you've got to be playing at a higher level. You've got to be playing well. And yet, Which all the time, he's calling not. up players that haven't been playing well. I keep seeing the the petitions for Dax McCarty to be called up for the men's national team. I can't argue with that. I would that. love Dax McCarty in the midfield. I would love to see Benny Failhaber. Yeah. And I know people say that our midfield is full of players it's that not you know new guys players. just aren't going to get in there. But Benny's when not you're, new. Listen, when you when you lose to Jamaica and then fall in your uh, third place game for the CONCACAF Gold Cup, nobody should be safe. No. Nobody. So Everybody. you bring in players that have been playing Clean well. House. Benny Failhaber's been one of those players. Yeah. No, I completely agree. And and even looking down, like we said, though, at the U23s, look at some of these other guys. Will Trapp for the Columbus crew. He's made a U23 call-up. Luis Gill. Uh, you've got Dylan Serna, Matt Miag- Miazga. Miazga. There Man, he, and he's he's been playing hot for the Red Bulls. There's always rumors that he's going to be transferred. Obviously, we didn't see that happen this no, season. Uh, maybe we see that in the next transfer window that opens for MLS. But hes I won't be surprised if he's one of the next players to move over to Europe. Yeah, that'll be a USA U23s versus England, which takes place tomorrow, and then they take on Qatar on the 8th. So I'd like at least one victory against Qatar and England. I think it'll be a fun match. I think so the next well. generations of, of U.S. and English soccer. Then we even have some U20s called up, and it's it's great to see more of these players being called out of MLS. Uh, I don't... I'll be honest with you, I haven't done much research into this. I have heard of Eric Palmer Brown, yep. so I don't want to spend too much time. Uh, I think he does pretty well for sporting Kansas City. But overall, we've got three levels of the U.S. program with players in MLS. That's great to see, and hopefully that'll help.
long term down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jovan, Jovan Jones, by the way, called up by TNT as they have a friendly against Mexico ah. from the fire. And then Roman Torres and Blas Perez called up to Panama. All right. So. so a lot of those big-name players from CONCACAF that are in MLS will, uh, it's will good. be gone. It's good. I think it's a good amount. I mean, it's a t- I mean, how many players is that? It's a ton of players that just got called Yeah, up, I'd, so. I'd have to literally go through and count. Exactly. Well, you can count while we're enduring to okay. a break. When we come back, we've got our predictions Four, five, and our power six. rankings as well. We'll see if Simon can get past 10. You never know. We're only two up front, so. I think he's only used to counting two, so we'll see. No offense to Simon. We've we'll be right got to start over front. now. Oh, jeez. Two up front, presented by Sports Radio America. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Proven. I was still counting. He's still counting. How many players were there, Simon? Well, I, I counted ten five times, and I counted nine once. So that means ten five times, nine once. Uh, 59. Oh, 59. Okay. So 59 total players from Major League Soccer. For the senior national team. For senior nationals. This is not counting 23s or 20s. Exactly. Uh, and, or it, Kubo and it doesn't include Cubo Torres in there. And now I was counting quite quickly. So, And, folks, I do know how to count, just to, just to <laughs> clarify that. I actually got good grades in math. But, ah. uh, but yeah, I, d- I didn't include the 23s or the 20s or Cubo Torres. It looks like that's probably another... Oh, 19 or 20 players My that you throw in there. That's great, though, to see Major League Soccer send that many people to right. their respective national teams. All right, Simon, well, speaking of national teams, as we get ready to offer off our predictions, we're starting with games that will be taking place here today on Friday. Uh, United States and Peru getting ready to kick off as soon as we get off the air. Uh, actually, while we're still on the air, they'll be kicking off here in just a little while. Uh, so. that, the game's on Friday. It's Wednesday, Baxter. Well, I'm saying this show is airing oh, on Friday, Oh, yes, a Friday. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, gotcha. Well, there, I just, I just blew coffee. our cover. It's totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. I mentioned it in the beginning, too. I'm like, still counting. <laughs> That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> United States and Peru. Good Lord. Uh, well, you mentioned that we talked about this last time that we really have no idea what to expect in this game. I on don't. Pa- on paper, the U.S. should crush Peru, but... Peru is a scrappy team, and the United States is, yeah, right now. So yeah, I just you, you never know what you're going to expect from the states. So no. I, I'm still going with my my pick of Peru. I really am expecting the U.S. to win, but I just every time I expect that doesn't seem to happen. So I'm going to pick Peru. I'm going to go for a a two one U.S. victory. I think Peru will score first, and then the U.S. will have to battle back because they are, I think, the more fit team. Uh, Canada and Belize? Belize. 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 Yeah, it's it's actually the first leg of the World Cup qualifier. They'll play the second one, I believe, next week. Um, I'm going to disappoint Canadian fans here. Uh, They look terrible in the Gold Cup. Mm. I don't know much about Belize, 
But, but do you believe I, in them? I, I do. I believe in believe. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, I'm going to stay true to Canada, and I'm going to pick them winning this game. I'm polling for the Maple Leafs. You know, just to clarify, I'm totally polling for the Maple Leafs. I want to see them qualify for the 2018 Ice Cup. I mean, uh, World Cup in Russia. Ice Cup. <laughs> Good. They probably will. There'll be ice on the pitch. The ball will be frozen solid. All right, Simon. Well, a, a shorter week of action in Major League Soccer. Yeah, with the Euro qualifiers, the uh, all the international friendlies going mm-hmm. on, um, World Cup qualifying already starting in yep. Concacaf. There's there's quite a bit of shortage in the league, and I'm I'm proud of the league for at least paring down this weekend. I still think it should be a full break, but yeah, I'm not the guy keep, writing the schedule. Got to keep MLS, you know, still sure. kind of relevant. So the Revolution take on Orlando City this week, or the Revolution are unbeaten in their last five. Orlando. They can still make the playoffs in a weird way, shape, or form, but that's the Eastern Conference for you. Uh, I've got the Revs in this one. They've been playing well. They seem to have kindly, finally figured out their uh, their midfield problems and even just their scoring problems as a whole. They have quite a bit figured out their midfield problems. The one thing is, obviously, they'll be missing Jermaine Jones. But he hasn't been playing recently, so right doesn't uh, really bother me in that aspect. Wait, did you say he hasn't been playing, but yet he got called up to the U.S. national team? Makes sense. Okay. All right. Uh, Orlando is going to be missing Kaka, and I think that's... Kaka. Kaka. And I think that's the biggest thing missing from this game. Yes. New England's going to take it. <laughs> Montreal and Chicago. I've got Chicago in this I've game. I've got Chicago as well. All right. Seattle and Toronto. Typically an exciting game, but uh, Toronto will be without uh, Michael Bradley. Oh, no. Michael Bradley's staying, but they'll be without Josie Altidore because Bradley's the smarter of the two and wants to help the club <laughs> make the playoffs. You know, and at this point, I know I know altidore has been finding the back of the net again ever since he got that... Uh, Penalty kick against Orlando. He's he scored twice then in that game with yep. that PK. Um, but I don't. I still don't think he's a huge player to be missing. No, um, Giovinco's out injured now, so that's huge for TSC. Seattle. You know they did not play well. That's the thing. Seattle didn't play well against Portland in that two-one win. That's just being honest. Again, yes. that's that's not being biased or anything. They didn't play well. They still won. Uh, I'm I'm gonna have to pick a draw on this one. I honestly would probably agree with you on that one. It's it's hard to, well, Seattle will have the advantage though because Clint Dempsey is only going for the Brazil game, which will be taking place on the eighth. But we really don't know what Dempsey's situation is like either, though. He may not even play in that September fifth game. They That's may keep true. him out because he's he's been injured for qu- quite a while. That's true. Uh, but also, will Giovinco play for TFC? You know, he's dealing with that abductor injury, so yeah. it that. <laughs> No, oh, it's it's a toss-up game. It's a a toss traditionally up. exciting game to watch, but this week is kind of a, a iffy one. I'm going to take Seattle with a 1-0 victory in this game. Uh, San Jose and Philadelphia. I've got to go with the earthquakes because they've been literally creating rip, you know earthquakes across Major League Soccer. They've been beating good teams, as I'll, I'll mention. I'll talk about in my uh, in my power rankings. Yeah, but here. yeah, this this pick again, one of those that Philadelphia just who are they? Mm. San Jose. By by two or three goals in this one. Absolutely. All right, and then Columbus and FC Dallas. Columbus without Kai Kamara. FC Dallas without Fabian or Fabio, Fabian 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 Castillo. Castillo and Mario Diaz as well is still out for them. And without Blas Perez, I think Columbus has got a better lineup overall, and I think that they will be able to take it, even with Will Trapp gone in the midfield. Right, Will Trapp is gone. Ethan Finley's still there. Uh, you know, he's a great cog in that wheel yep. in Columbus. Higuain is still there. Right. So I, I do think, and Ed Dallas has not been doing too well themselves. I know they did have that nice win over RSL. but uh, But I'm going to take Columbus in that game as well. Fair enough. All right, and then rolling on with the U.S. and Brazil uh, next Tuesday, 
Uh, I just got to take Brazil in this game. There's, I don't know why I wouldn't. You know, this this is one of those games where I would expect Brazil to win, but I'm actually going to pick the U.S., believe why it or not? not. The U.S. has this tendency when they're playing great teams to play great themselves. It's when they play these lower-level teams that they really seem to sink to the level of that team. Huh. So I'm gonna, Why haven't they won a World Cup this? yet, then? Well, because they lost to Ghana in the round of... In, the, in 2006, their last game, they lost to Ghana, who was not that great of a team that year. Then they, they end up losing to... Uh, Ghana again in 28, right? in, 20, uh, in 2010. 2010. And then they just lost to Belgium, which was a very good Belgium They were. Side. But look how well they played. It's true. You know, if, if it true. wasn't for a Wondolowski <laughs> not knowing what he's doing in front of the goal, that Locker. was a U.S. win. That's true. That's very true. All right. Well, then you have uh, Belize and Canada in the second leg. I still have Canada winning this game, honestly. Yeah. You know, I, I think Canada... I, I'm going to retract a little bit. I think Canada may win their home game, but I I just have this sense that Belize is going to win on aggregate. Interesting. Okay. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. You never know. Vancouver and Colorado. Uh, Vancouver getting doused uh, down in uh, Texas. Texas <laughs> down, this last They weekend. lost to Houston in lost the last Houston, game. Yep. Uh, but <laughs> what, a, what a crazy goal Ricardo Clark had sliding in there, catching it, just just putting it in there. But, yeah, Vancouver lost to Dallas in Texas. They lost to Houston in Texas. If I'm Vancouver, if I'm Carl Robinson, I'm saying, all right, we're playing all our reserves whenever we go to Texas. Honestly, like, <laughs> we're not – don't bother with any of your starters. Right. All right, so Vancouver, Colorado, Simon? I'm going to still go – Colorado's been playing good, but mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna take Vancouver in yeah, this. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is going to be my upset for – well, actually, no, it's not going to be my upset. I'm going to take Vancouver uh, in this game also. Portland and Sporting Kansas City on Wednesday as well. This is a tough one. It's in Portland. Uh, sporting, you know, they're going to be missing Matt Beasler for this game, yep. but uh, I don't know if they're missing really. And Christian Namath as well. Right, right, Namath as well. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm taking the Timbers, and I, but it's hard for me to pick them because the game against Seattle was indicative of what's been going on all season, mm. them not being able to finish. I was going to say poor finishing, yep. You know, Dom Dwyer's still going to be playing with Sporting. That scares me. Uh, I tell you what, I'm going to take the cheap way out course, and go, go with, with the, draw. the draw. Absolutely. Well, because of the Dom Dwyer effect, I'm taking sporting and okay. that, that win. So, all right, time for our power rankings before we scoot off to another break. Uh, starting for on mine, the outside looking in, I have the Columbus crew just on the outside. They've played well recently, but uh, the five teams that I have above them, uh, in my opinion, have done better. Uh, and Columbus crew, uh, they're la- they've, they drew against New York uh, City, uh, two games ago, 2-2, two to two, and then they just barely beat them 2-1 in their last game. Got to do a little bit better than that, honestly. I mean, it's New York, for goodness sake. Sure. Actually, I, I'm going to tell you who I got at number five, and then I'll tell you who I got on the outside looking in. Okay. I do have the Columbus crew as my number five. You know, they've been they've been for quite a few weeks now on the outside looking in on my power rankings, and after four games with an unbeaten streak, I can't argue with it anymore. They're They're my number five. Who I have looking in is Colorado, but I will not put them in my power rankings until they get on a 10-game unbeaten or win streak because uh, I've put them in there before and then they've gotten destroyed. They're streaky. Yeah, they're streaky. And Vancouver actually fell out of mine as well. Mm, Uh, You lose two games... Two, yeah, you lose two games out of three. Granted, they're both in Texas. Still, but it, it doesn't matter to, where you're playing. Right. It, in order to be a powerful team, you got to be able to win on the road wherever you're at. And their road woes means that uh, i got to knock them out of my power rankings. I would agree with you. They are no longer in my power rankings. As much as I love Vancouver and everything that they are doing this season, I uh, just... So who do you, yeah, who do you have as your number five? My number five is Colorado. Oh, ah, okay. Their three-game win streak <laughs> uh, has definitely been uh, notable. They beat Sporting. 
Uh, they beat Houston, and they beat the Chicago Fire. So and that's actually, yeah, for me, that sporting win. Here's the thing. We keep saying, oh, teams are beating sporting. That's a that's a considerable win. But you know what? Sporting haven't been playing. No, they haven't. So it's almost becoming a, oh, okay, you beat sporting. Well, right, good for you. right. They're and that's how, you know, their win against, I'm talking Colorado here now, their yeah. win against the Fire doesn't. But the fire are starting to make more of a name for themselves, so I think that has a little bit more worth to it. And then looking ahead for the Colorado, they've got Vancouver, D.C. United, and TFC. So they've got three interesting games coming up. So We'll see what happens with that. Our number fours, who do you have for your number fours? We've got the same number fours. I I think we always seem to do this. Yeah, and here's the deal. It's it's the New England Revolution for me. And do you mind if I tell the listeners why? So they have what usually on the surface looks pretty great, a five-game unbeaten streak. But here's the deal. The quality of their opponents does not help them not climb any higher. Yes. I'm glad they've gotten a five-game unbeaten streak, but like you said, yeah, I mean, for a power ranking standpoint, eh, yeah, they really. they here here's their record. They beat uh, New York City FC. They tied the Fire. Then they beat TFC, Houston, and Philly. So, in order to move up, you got to be beating better teams. Granted, a win is a win, and I can't blame them for the type of schedule that they have. Yes, but when we look at the other three teams that we both have. Up top, they've been beating much better teams than New England has. I'd have to agree. I'd have to agree. Now, my number three uh, is probably a little surprising to some folk. Uh, I dropped my number one back to my number three. So the LA Galaxy coming at number three for me after losing to San Jose. The Galaxy have just had really weird losses recently. Like they, they won four games in a row. They were doing great. Then they lost to San Jose several weeks ago, 3-1. to one. They lost to Houston 3-0, and then they lose to San Jose 1-0. It's not the fact of them losing to bad teams that made me drop. It's them losing to a good team. Is that hmm. San Jose? Hmm. Is that San Jose, since beating the Galaxy 3-1, have had a massive shift in their season since that point. They haven't. Speaking of San Jose, that's who I have as my number three. Okay. Uh, very impressive with what they've done, which is why I had them at five last week. I'm going to have them leapfrog New England because of what I was saying. The quality of the teams that they've beaten on their four-game win streak is impressive. They beat the East leaders, D.C. United, the West leaders, LA Galaxy. They also beat what is now seeming to be a strong rapid squad. And then, of course, they beat the strange squad of of Sporting Kansas City. But those are impressive those are four impressive wins to, Absolutely. to notch off, no, especially I, considering how they were doing earlier in the season. That's very true. No, that's yeah. You said that when, when San Jose first started the season, you and you especially, Simon, were like, well, San Jose, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to do very well this year. Dominic Kinnear, this, that, and the other. And then we saw them teeter off for a while, and we were like, well, maybe we were wrong. And now we've seen this resurgence of them coming back and beating the last four games. They've beaten quality opponents. And we'll get to them. I'm going to get to them in just a moment because they're a little bit higher up my rankings. Okay. So uh, at number two uh, is... The New York Red Bulls for myself. You have the Galaxy. I do have the Galaxy. You. Yeah, you know, uh, just to jam off of what you were saying about yes. L.A., I actually don't see that loss against San Jose, both those losses, a huge deal, because San Jose is that team that seems to have L.A.'s number. They always do, know? and that's I don't. I still don't understand why we both picked L.A. to beat San Jose. I, well, when, and I, I know I had even said this scares me because San Jose seems to have yeah. L.A.'s number. Um but, you know, it's, it, I, I do take into effect that Leonardo had that red card, so L.A. was playing with 10 men. Yeah, you have to acknowledge By the that. way, Q, Bruce Arena's bashing the refs, of right? Of course. That was the ref's fault, not for the player. But uh, L.A. Is still, is still number two because, they, because of who they are, what they've done. I'm not going to knock them too low for their, uh, Fair enough. for their loss to San Jose. 
Fair enough. Yeah, my uh, my number two is the New York Red Bulls. I mean, you go out and you beat DC United three zero. You've got to you know make a solid statement. And yes, they lost to the Chicago Fire three to two recently. But aside from that, they have been on a solid win streak, scoring multiple goals a game, not just one. Uh, unfortunately, their quality of opponents, their quality of their opponents, the last mm, six games, well, the Revolution, Orlando, Philly Union, the Montreal Impact, New York FC, and Toronto. Well. You can only take that for what it's worth. Yes. The Revolution are probably the best out of any of those teams. Well, what I will say, I have the Red Bulls as my number one. Mm, okay. It's There's a little bit of difference for me from New England and New York. New England, they're playing well, don't get me wrong. Yes. But the Red Bulls just seem to be dominating their games. Yes. So they're not. They're a team that if they were in the West, I would, I would think they would be fighting for one, two, or three, mm. which is why I put them at number one in my power rankings this week. Fair enough. Well, I've jumped on the San Jose bandwagon, at least for this week. San Jose is my number one because of the last four games that they've played. They, wow. beat, they beat the Galaxy 1-0. They beat DC United 2-0. They beat Sporting 5-0, like we, and then they beat a decent Colorado team. Were they even in your rankings last week? Uh, they were. They were 4 or 5 in yeah. my rankings last I, week. That's so. a bold choice, Baxter, and I'm, I'm going to give you a thumbs up for I appreciate that. it. I don't know if they're going to stay there long, but I wanted to at least commend them for one week uh, of how well they've played uh, over their last four games. So, All right. Any final thoughts? You know, I'm interested to see what this weekend brings. Um, L.A., I will say one thing they've got working in their favor big time is they get a rest now until September 12th. That's huge. So any, day rest. any players that they may be missing, like A.J. Delagars to go into Guam. Robbie Keane. Uh, <laughs> Robbie Keane, right. They they actually won't really be affected by these call-ups. Absolutely, which is huge. Good for the Galaxy. It's almost like the league prefers the Galaxy to do well. Anyway, yeah. we're hmm. not going to go there. We're going to a break, though. When we come back, our I Believe segments will be offered to you, and we'll be signing off for another edition. This is Two Up Front. Presented by Sports Radio America, I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Proban. All right, Simon, before we sign off for today, it is the part of the show where we do an exciting thing that involves lots of yelling and screaming and chanting. (laughs) It's our I Believe segment, and the way that works is Simon and I both offer a I Believe statement about something that happens, that we believe will happen in the soccer world. For example, I believe that Bruce Arena will become the Next coach of the U.S. men's national team. Hypothetically, that's not my actual I believe, but I always try to use some sort of a, an example. So, uh, Simon, uh, you can go for your. You can go first this week, and I will follow you. You know what, Baxter? Yes. 
I'm looking at the standings for the European qualifiers yes. for the two, 2016, Euro 2016. Okay. So I'm kind of cheating here. Uh-oh. But I believe that Euro 2016 is going to look like no other mm. Euro 2016. I think we're going to end up seeing a lot of these quote-unquote minnow teams. Probably not even minnows. They're more like trouts, <laughs> trouts. in in in, uh, in Euro 2016. Uh you're Do you have any ha- examples? I, yeah, I mean, you've got you've got some of these, you know, usual nations like England or mm-hmm. or Germany. Uh, I actually don't. Germany should make it, but Scotland's right on their tails. Scottish is actually in my blood, so ah, I'd, love, I'd love to see the Scots make it. But yeah, I mean, you look at Group A. You've got Iceland leading the group, and there's four games left to play. Wow, uh, fifteen points. The Netherlands are on ten points, and they're in third place. How many teams make it out? Is it two or three? It's two. I believe it's. Two, the top two, and then there's a few third-place teams that make yes, it. It depends yeah. on – because not all the groups have the same amount of teams. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, I mean, you've got that powerhouse of Wales on top of their group, right? Ranked number one in the world right Power. now or something? <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Good um, Lord. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. we got Slovakia leading Group C. So I, I really believe – you know, a lot of times – you see this happen earlier in the rounds, but six games now have been played for the Euro qualifiers, mm-hmm. and we're still seeing a lot of these um, – not as popular teams. How about that? Not as popular it's nations. Point it, yeah. uh, being on top or in second place and with plenty of points to clear. So I think we're going to end up seeing a lot of interesting teams I agree. in Euro 2016. I absolutely agree. Well, I'm going to use the I believe statement uh, associated with Euros as well, but mine's going to be more of a prediction. I believe that Belgium is going to win the 2016 oh, see, Euros. You, you always got to one-up me with your picks. How is you it one-up? How do like I I'm saying, win? yeah, I think smaller teams are going to make it, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to tell you who's going to win it. I think Belgium is <laughs> going to win. Their, their World Cup performance was great, and I think that now that they're going to have all, all their players are healthy, they've got a dangerous squad that I think they could upset a No, Germany. absolutely. They're, they're, they are a very, very strong team. Out of the FIFA rankings... That's probably one of the more legitimate rankings that actually is I there. I agree. I absolutely agree. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of Two Up Front, presented by Sports Radio America. We've had a great show today, great chatting with James Moran earlier in the show of the Milwaukee Barons, talking about the latest Barons uh, tailgate that will be taking place tomorrow night for the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, taking on Marquette University uh, tomorrow evening. And then on October 17th, Jay Demerit, the former U.S. men's national team star and Watford Legend will be uh, at Moran's Pub on October 17th, so go check out the Barons Facebook page uh, or contact James Moran personally and figure out the details with all of that. Special thanks to everyone else that has been continuing to listen to our show. Remember, you can catch us on Fridays from 3 to 6 Eastern right here on SportsRadioAmerica.com, Live 365, and tune in. And you can listen to us on demand anytime on Spreaker.com, on iHeartRadio, and on iTunes as well. Any final thoughts for us, Simon? I'm going to go learn English. Might be a good idea, and how to count, too, apparently. So, he's Simon Proven. I'm Baxter Colburn. With our manager being the one above, we are two up front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe.
Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.